Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When he doesn't want it to. That's why Coast is trusted tough. Our sports. We just wish they'd love us back. Detroit Sports for Detroit Sports fans. Woodward Sports. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to get into some player of the year talk. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis, Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson, Pittsburgh QB Kenny Pickett, and Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker are the five finalists for the 2021 Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. You guys, who is winning this award for you and why? Well, this is tough because uh, I'm a little I'm a little selfish, and I want to say, obviously my Heisman pick is still Bryce Young, but I believe, in my opinion, if you look at the, the recent Walter Camp Player of the Year Awards, most of them are Heismans. I mean, Tua won it two years ago, um, and then that was when – um, or three years ago, rather, and that was when Kyler Murray won the Heisman. But Joe Burrow, Devonta Smith, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, like these are all Heisman winners. So uh, to, to settle my point, I want Kenneth Walker to win it. All right, that, that is just because I thought about this all last night, and, and I was up all night thinking about it because I want to say Bryce Young. That, that is who I want to say, but it's hard for me because – to me, offensively, and player of the year is just they're very similar. Heisman, I don't get all these awards. I really don't. I mean, player of the year award, you got Heisman. I believe Heisman, uh, the most important player on his team. And then you look at player of the year, it's the most impressive season. I, I don't understand it. But I will say this, Kenneth Walker, um, just so I can have Bryce Young win one, Kenneth Walker win one, I'm going Kenneth Walker. I mean, guy, you could talk about um, how important he's been to Michigan State, almost 1,700 yards. I mean, second among all uh, running backs in college football. 18 touchdowns for a 10-2 Spartan team. I mean, that's sounds good. And Peyton Thorne, I think what gives him even more credibility is is Peyton Thorne's looked great this year, obviously, and with those two receivers, Naylor and and Reed, up until a couple games ago. Obviously, Naylor got hurt, but um, they've looked that offense has looked electric all all year. And I think it, it kind of starts with Kenneth Walker because it, it opens up so much for Peyton Thorne. So I think impressive season by him, and I think offensively so dynamic. So I'm going to throw him in, in for my for my pick to win the Walter Camp Player of the Year award, just so I can have uh, two guys that I'm, I'm just I can't decide between win one of each award. I'll just go with that. I think they both deserve it. But um, the really for me the the race is Hutchinson, it's Walker, and it's Bryce Young. That that's my three, and it's going to be interesting to see who ends up getting it. But uh, why not split it? Kenneth Walker, and then we got Bryce winning the Heisman. I'll take it. I don't even know what to say to that. Um, look, I, I think the Walter Camp Award should go to the best player um, from week one to the final week of the season who's demonstrated value to their team, uh, consistent play, uh, who's shown up in big games. And I think, you know, right now, Bryce Young hasn't played that big game. It's happening on Saturday, but he hasn't played it yet. 
So I'm, I'm waiting for that moment from Bryce. And if he shows up on Saturday, it's going to be tough for me to argue against the, Ken, uh, the Walter Camp Award or the Heisman. Having said that, he doesn't have it on his resume yet. I know his numbers are good. But for me, I think the, the poll front runners should be the guys from East Lansing and Ann Arbor. I think Kenneth Walker and Aiden Hutchinson have shown immense value and elite consistency all season long for their programs. They've helped single-handedly win their programs, football games. Uh, for me, those two deserve more credit than than what they're even getting from their own local media, let alone national media. So for me, I'm going to give my front runners until the weekend passes right now to Kenneth Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. It's, it's no doubt. Bryce Young will have his opportunity this weekend, the same way C.J. Stroud did against Michigan. Stroud had his opportunity to go out, continue to win streak, dominate in Ann Arbor. He didn't. Yes, he. the numbers look good, but it was all check down throws. It was all seven, eight yards down the field. It wasn't anything impressive. Michigan put up a good game plan that he couldn't figure out. That eliminates him. Bryce Young going against one of the best Georgia defenses we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. How is he going to react? Does he play a good game? If he doesn't, he's out of the conversation. He, he just is. So, And if he plays extremely well and, and they go on and win, well, then he almost secured every award you can you can think of. But for me, I'm, I'm tired of it being a quarterback award. Give it to the edge rusher. Give it to the running back. They both were essential in getting their team to a double-digit win season. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, we, we can all look back at the Ndamukong Sue um, and, and the, the Heisman uh, vouchers for him, too. And, and I think defensive players don't get enough respect, definitely, to your point. Uh, my question to you would be for Aiden Hutchison, and, and there's no, I'm not taking anything away how dominant he was, because obviously we talk about the historic performance against OSU. I mean, the, the resume's there. I think what gets lost in it, Adam, and I, and I want to hear your opinion on it. Do you think um, the 11 sacks and five forced fumbles, second among college football, by Ajabo is kind of lost in there somewhere when, when you when you talk about Hutchinson and the Heisman and all these awards, or is it just strictly he's the reason? Give the man the award. No, I just look Ajabo doesn't get the credit maybe uh, he we feel he deserves because he plays with the best best edge rusher in college football, and it's Aiden Hutchinson commanding all that attention. And last I checked. Teams have cons- teams have consistently decided we're going to double Aiden before we double Ojabo. And Ojabo's great. Don't get me wrong. He's not Aiden Hutchinson. He could be. He's younger. But no, no. This is this is clearly this is clearly his award to lose. So for me, it's it's Aiden all the way. And I'm 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 tired of I'm tired of the SEC bias. I'm tired of the quarterback awards. I'm I'm just tired of it. It's it's so it's so comical that a quarterback at Alabama, yes, forty touchdowns, four interceptions, great. Sixteen of those touchdowns came against teams that aren't even ranked in the top hundred. I just like it's it's just. It's just so funny to me. But that's really... but to I mean the whole, I mean I'm not going to sit here and say Kenneth Walker's touchdowns are against you know bad teams. I mean they're they're touchdowns, so you got to count they're them all. It's it's the big but games. Not, he his only bad team that he played against was Youngstown State, and they sat him that game because they were blowing them out. He he could have easily ran for 200 yards and padded his stats, but no, they saved him. And like no, just no. 
No, I mean, I listen, I'm not going to take anything away from, from Bryce Young. I, I think playing 11th-ranked Florida, he played 12th-ranked Old Miss in, in Arkansas. I mean, there's a couple ranked opponents in there. I mean, that's college football. I mean, I, yeah, I don't – Yeah, he plays in the SEC. I, I yeah, and, and it played well. He struggled against LSU. He struggled against Texas A&M. He struggled well, against Auburn. Struggled is, is, is interesting. I mean, the guy uh, – defined struggle. I mean, they had a close game, to your point. So, I, I guess – I mean, he didn't – it's not like the guy went out there and threw interceptions. I mean, he still plays well. They just – and they win. So I think that's you know, that's the biggest thing. This reminds me of the Aaron Rodgers conversation because Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. It just means he's had an above uh, uh, you know, shoulders was above everyone else. Like he throws the ball away. Okay, fine. He doesn't commit. He doesn't commit interceptions. Doesn't put like, his team in a bad spot. That's what I meant. Three, I mean, it doesn't. Fine, but three and outs, not being able to drive the ball downfield, not putting together drives. That, that's just that's just as you know damning on your team. Just because you don't throw interceptions doesn't mean you're not not playing well I, I don't get that argument at all and look Br- brown um not brown bryce young has been impressive all season i'm not going to discredit him but having said that he's going to have his opportunity on saturday and i don't want to hear the bryce young heisman talk walter kemp award i don't want to hear any of it i don't want to hear any of it until he's played georgia michigan has played ohio state kenneth walker has played michigan five touchdowns against them. Aiden Hutchinson, 15 quarterback pressures, three sacks against Ohio State. And those schools' biggest games of the years, those players stepped up. Alabama, your biggest game of the year is Georgia. What are you going to do, Bryce Young? It's that simple. All right. Well, we'll, we'll revisit this, obviously. We'll have, uh, there's still more football to play, so we, we, can't, we can't settle on it now. Look, after Saturday, I'm happy to sit up here and say Bryce Young deserves the award. But hold on. That... No, he, doesn't deserve, he doesn't deserve it over Hutchinson or Kenneth but Walker, in my opinion. That's that's kind of where I'm getting lost, though, a little bit. is because you're, you're saying he's he's not in your top two, but if he wins this weekend, he, he jumps those guys, is what you're saying. So not you're not... if he wins this weekend. It's, does he play in a convincing way against the nation's best defense? Narrative, man, narrative. Think. What can you do against the opponent that has the best defense? If he goes out and throws three touchdowns, 300 yards, he is a lock for the Heisman and for the best player in college football. It is a lock. If he goes out and and plays a stinker, I have to look at what did Bryce Young do against Georgia, the team that is the best team they played on their schedule. Oh, he didn't do that great. Oh, well, okay. What Hutchinson do against Ohio State, who they haven't beaten in 10 years? Oh, he had 15 quarterback crushers and three sacks. What did Kenneth Walker do against an undefeated Michigan in East Lansing? Carried them and ran for five touchdowns. Look at the guys' biggest games of the year at the time and look at their performances. And for me, Bryce Young, he controls his destiny. If he balls out on Saturday against Iowa, uh, excuse me, against uh, Georgia, against Georgia, he's earned the right to win that award. But I don't think the hype on, on Hutchinson is, <coughs> is overrated. I just don't. He is extremely dominant and it's not even just the sacks it is the quarterback pressures he's always getting to the quarterbacks he's getting he's the dude is getting blocked by tight ends he's getting chipped he's getting running backs assigned to him to help double he's getting double team triple team it's it's no flu it really isn't 
All right, you guys, hit that. We will go to break. Coming up next, we will preview the Lions-Vikings game for you guys. But first, I need to tell you about the Carpet Guys. Are you thinking of new flooring all month long? The Carpet Guys are giving you up to 60% select flooring options. Carpet, hardwood, vinyl, and laminate. They do it all for the best installation and a lifetime installation warranty. There is only one place to call. Be wise. Call the Carpet Guys at 8 Five, five, four, my guys. I'm looking to bring out another HVAC tech right now. We are recruiting five to 10 techs a month. We're looking to grow and expand. Every new tech we hire is from Northwestern Tech. The hands-on training is fantastic. They're always my first call. We love hiring Northwestern Tech grads. They come out trained and ready to work. Our program is only 10 and a half months and our next classes are starting soon. So why wait? I'm looking to hire. I'm looking to hire. Hire a graduate of Northwestern Tech. Northwestern Tech. Northwestern Tech. Northwestern Tech. Your Detroit alternative to the normal sports blah, blah, blah. It's Woodward Sports. All right, you guys. Another game to look forward to this weekend. The Lions taking on the Vikings right here in Detroit, Minnesota. Currently the favorite at minus 300, which, you know, is kind of brutal for it being a home game. But here we go. The Vikings, like Jeff mentioned yesterday, currently riddled with injuries. Delvin Cook out with a shoulder injury. That's a big one. Um, But you guys, fingers crossed for the Lions' first one of the season. But looking unlikely, Jeff, preview this game for me a little bit. What are your expectations? Well, the biggest difference between these two teams when I'm looking at them statistically is definitely the offense. I mean, the Lions average 15.8 points a game, which leads them to 30th in the league. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings stand 25 and a half, which they're tied in. They're a top 10 offense. So the difference this game, and listen, I don't know if the Lions are going to win. I don't think they will, but it's what can they do offensively? And I sound like a broken record saying this, but they're not going to have DeAndre Swift. They're they're missing their, their biggest, their most explosive playmaker um, that doesn't necessarily need that doesn't rely on the quarterback TJ Hawkinson of course relies on Jared Goff uh, so that's what's important to me is, is what can they do offensively and you obviously have Dan Campbell calling plays you've had the press conferences all week by TJ Hawkinson talking about they're fixing things up they're, they're getting uh, things all tidied up and if you look at third down efficiency for this offense they can't stay on the field I mean they're um, they're they're 32.6 which has them at 31 in the league 31st uh, compared to the Vikings which they're a top 20. So you have to be able to convert on third down. You've got to be able to extend your drives. And with Minnesota, they're without Delvin Cook. But even with Madison, I mean, they can still run the football. And Kirk Cousins, I mean, say what you want about him. And I, we, we talked about the comparisons between him and Jared Goff. You see it now. And the guy's got two uh, playmakers on the outside, and he still looks good. He doesn't necessarily – I mean, Delvin Cook's been in and out of the lineup, and he's still playing well. So I'm not really going to sit here and say, no, Delvin Cook, we have a chance. Because, uh, no, I think – Kirk can definitely punish us through the air. It just, it really comes down to, is he going to make a mistake? And how well do the Lions play offensively? Because defensively, I know they'll be there. They'll show up. I, I don't know. Um, I hope it won't be a Philadelphia-esque performance. But I think defensively, they've been on a streak of, of just showing up every week. I think they'll continue to do that. Uh, you're getting iffy back this week. Um, so he'll get some reps. But it's really, to me, it's the offense. That's that's the difference. Because this team, they're both of them are tied 18th in total takeaways. So it's, it's not really about forcing turnovers. It's just, what can you do offensively? Every game Minnesota's been in this season, 
they've been in. They've been in. Even the ones they've lost, it's usually by a score, by a field goal, by um, less, the last, a game-winning field goal. So they just haven't gotten lucky. And this is a good NFC North matchup. I think Minnesota is way better, way, way better than their record shows. And, and you'll see it this weekend. Even without Dove and Cook, um, you gotta, the Lions got their hands full. That's secondary. Amani Awari is probably going to be on Justin Jefferson. And similarly to the first game they played, um, they're going to have to watch single coverage on them. I mean, they, they went through this last last game they played and Justin Jefferson tore us up. So they got to be mindful of that and, and watch just relying on single coverage against Justin Jefferson. The guy's explosive. But um, this weekend, I'm just going to sit back as a Lions fan and I'm not going to have expectations. I'm just going to wait and I'm going to really look at this offense because that's what I'm really looking forward to to growing and getting better week by week, watching Panay Sewell, watching TJ Hawkinson and all these guys and, and all the young receivers because defensively, you know what they are. I mean, they're, they're overachieving, they play hard, and they're going to compete every week. So I'm not going to fault the defense too much. This weekend, it's all about the offense because we're, we're now three weeks in on Dan Campbell calling plays and, and we need more. We got to see more. So uh, that's all I'm looking for this weekend. Watch the offense. TJ Hawkinson's had nine catches, or excuse me, uh, yeah, nine catches in his last three games. This is uh, next level play calling from from Dan Campbell. Uh, I, I find it amusing that he truly believes the best thing for the team right now is that a guy who's never put together game plans, never schemed up against defenses, feels that it's the best thing for the team if he's the one doing it and he's the one calling plays. And he says, it's not about me. It's not about my ego. And I don't want to call him a liar. Dan Campbell's a great dude. But he's probably the dumbest thing he said. And he said a lot of dumb shit so far. So I I really, I don't get it. As bad as everyone can say Anthony Lynn has been, last I checked, they are now 10 straight games without scoring more than 20 points. Or, or 20 points at all. It's that despicable. An NFL That's an NFL record. There are six teams tied in second place with a streak at nine. The Lions, since week one against San Francisco, have not scored 20 points. Put that into perspective. With both, really Anthony bad. Lynn and Dan. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's looked worse under Dan. I, I'm sorry. Look, under Anthony Lynn... You weren't frustrated by by play calling. You weren't frustrated by situational, you know, awareness. With Anthony Lynn, it was just an execution issue. Which you know, again, you can point to talent. You can point to, you know, uh, be be my guest. But you you guys can blame Jared Goff all you want. Jared Goff against Chicago was five of eight on throws more than eight yards down the field for eighty seven yards and two touchdowns. Is that a play calling problem? Or is that a Jared Goff problem? Because last I checked, against Chicago, he was throwing just fine. And over the course of the season, on passes more than eight yards down the field, if you actually look at the numbers, he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. He's actually doing a pretty I was there. good job. I was there, and I can attest to that, what you're saying. I can attest to like, it. I, I, I don't want to hear that Goff can't throw the ball. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I really am. He can, he can throw the ball. He was injured against Pittsburgh. He was injured against uh, what was the team prior to Pittsburgh or after Pittsburgh? Somebody help me. Uh, it was Thanksgiving. That was against the Bears, right? Oh, okay, so cool. So he was injured against Pittsburgh. Couldn't throw the ball. He should have played that game, but they decided to play him. Mm-hmm. You tied, and then he, he was healthy for Chicago. And look, he threw the ball downfield to Reynolds just fine. 
He made plays. He threw the ball to Hawkinson. Everything worked out just fine. How about you become more aggressive in your play calling? How about you stop playing like chicken shits and actually go out and try to win a football game instead of trying not to lose it? How about reward your defense for allowing less than 20 points? What, four out of the last six games? Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the excuses we give. Goff is just fine. He really is. Now, I'm not saying he's the franchise quarterback. Hell, I want him gone, believe me, after next year. But don't sit here and tell me it's all on Jared Goff. The wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, the O-line, it's available. And don't tell me that, oh, well, they're all, their wide receivers suck. The Raiders, who do they have? Hunter Renfro and Zay Jones? Who do the Texans have? Oh, Bradley Cooks? <coughs> Who's washed up and old? That's your number one? There are teams in the NFL with just as bad of a wide receiver yeah. core. The Jets are riding so Elijah Moore's up. coattails. Jared Goff can throw the ball downfield. It's not a can he throw the ball downfield conversation. He can get more aggressive. And if he's making mistakes and it costs you games, that's fine. But damn it, don't sit there and only score 13, 14 points a game because you're playing like a bunch of pussies. I'm sick of it. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to is, is what they do offensively. And I want to correct what I said earlier. Um, after the tie against Pittsburgh, they played the Browns. They lost 13-10, to 10, so that was what you were alluding to. And then now 16-14 to 14 on Thanksgiving against the Bears. So offensively, um, it's definitely looked worse. And if you look at it, I mean, it's it's – it's not good to begin with, but uh, with Anthony Lynn. But I get what you're saying. There was less mental mistakes uh, from the coaching point of. I mean, there was mistakes obviously in the game that you'd question Dan Campbell's decisions. But on the just strictly offensively, uh, there wasn't as many you know th- running on third and thirties. I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. Just the uh, the bonehead decisions. That's really what we're looking for this weekend. Is Jeff, it, you're losing Jeff. Jeff, you're losing football games because of coaching decisions. I know. I know. All I hear is Jared Goff sucks. He was 21 of 24, and all the times that he threw the ball downfield, the Lions looked like a threat. They looked like a threat when he was throwing the ball downfield against yeah. Pittsburgh, against yeah. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They actually looked like a competent offense that could put up 21, 24, 27 points. Right. I, I'm so tired of the the propaganda excuses from Detroit Lions fans that it's just Jared Goff. The fuck? Have you been watching the football games? Like. They actually can throw the ball downfield when they get the run game going. They mm-hmm. actually have something. The problem is they don't go to it enough. And the problem yeah. is in late game situations, the coaches are choking on themselves. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like I was watching when I was in person on Thanksgiving. I remember watching and uh, it was the drive where they threw the touchdown to Josh Reynolds. And the first three plays of the drive were dump offs to DeAndre Swift in the backfield. I think three consecutive times they were all dump offs. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, why? And then you saw the Josh Reynolds throw, beautiful throw by Jared Goff, and then you saw the T.J. Hawkinson touchdown, and they just kept the, the running on th- you know third and longs. It, it, it just it got worse and worse. So um, what just, witnessing it in person is a whole other experience. You get more frustrated because you, you, you see the third and thirty-two call wasn't atrocious because quote unquote there's no play for third and thirty-two. No shit, dumbasses. But you could have with a ten-yard throw, twelve-yard throw. You could have been in field goal position. 100%. And you run the draw that gets you one yard. That That is what drives me insane. I understand this team isn't the most talented. I'm not slating them just because they're 0-10-1. 
but you can't call back-to-back -back timeouts. Because the coaches can't get out of their own ways. They can't get out of their own way. And that is more frustrating to watch than anything else. And you want to talk to me about, you know, Dan Campbell needs time. Whatever. That's fine. Believe me. I am extremely excited for the upcoming draft. I really am. But don't sit here and tell me that there's not more unqualified coaches that don't have an NFL job that couldn't have taken this job and won probably two or three more games than this guy has done. And look, it's it's you guys can sit here and say, well, you know, what's two, three wins? It's better than zero. Something the to build off of. The Lions haven't won a game yet is extremely demoralizing to the rebuild. It has a, a severe effect. They can't go 0-16-1. People need to understand this. You can't go 0-16-1. It would be... It would be a complete travesty. It would be... I couldn't even justify it. I, I'm, I keep telling you he's Hugh Jackson. This is unbelievable. The team will get better in the offseason. The draft capital that the team has acquired will help the team get better. I trust Brad Holmes to make good decisions in the offseason, free agency, etc. Having said that, I don't want to hear that this team can't throw the, throw the ball more than five times down the field. Or not even down the field. Eight yards more down the field. Eight or more yards downfield. That's all I'm asking for. How about you do that instead of eight times? How about you do that 14, 15 times? And then we can put it together. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear it. TJ Hawkinson's being underutilized. You're not getting him in motion. You're not getting him easy dink and dunk plays. You're not getting him involved enough. And I, I can't believe I'm sitting here 12 weeks into the year actually defending a guy that I absolutely hated when he came to Detroit, who's Jared Goff. But I'm not going to sit here and give it all on him. I'm sorry. It's not only Jared Goff. I'm sorry. Look. Brad Holmes, you can blame him for the wide receiving debacle in the offseason with the players he signed, and then he had to release him. Tyrell Williams getting hurt. Whatever. But Jared Goff is not responsible. For back-to-back -back timeouts. He's not responsible for those timeouts, for those late-game decisions, those late-game punts, those play callings. If Dan doesn't believe in his offense, he shouldn't be coaching. If I don't believe in my team and I show it, that that is probably the most damning thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't care if you don't believe in your offense. You go out there and you put them in the best position to succeed. And the offense since week eight has been put in a position not to succeed. And that's the truth. Listen, you guys, I know where you can go to see if your friends have a better arm than Jared Goff, and that is Foling Warehouse in Hamtramck, home of the original football bowling pin game called Foling. Host your corporate party, team building event, or just come in with family and friends. There's two ways to play the $10 unlimited open play where you can stay for the whole time that they are open that day. Or you can reserve a private lane for $120 up to 10 people for two hours. They have over 100 beers, $2 mystery beer machine, and multiple full bars. You bring the food or have it delivered in. So come and get your full on. Check it out at fullingwarehouse.com. Okay, you thirsty little spin goblins. I want you to pedal into the next dimension. 
Spin it! Spin! Spin! Uh-oh! Carmen's falling behind. Let's give her the hiss of shame. Spin! Spin! Spin till you bleed! Don't ride the bike of shame. Come to Planet Fitness and find your own lane with tons of equipment, free fitness training, and no hissing. Join today for just $10 a month. Adam, Jeff, and Kennedy. Mornings on the Woodward Sports Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any wear with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus oh welcome back everybody we have to go around the nfl now preview all of these fun games that are coming up this sunday i want to start with the goat the Bucks taking on the Falcons. Jeff, your thoughts? Well, uh, listen, this weekend, the Falcons have been in some tough times. I mean, obviously, Arthur Smith, uh, they're 5-6 and six in year one. Offensively, Matt Ryan is, is probably on his way out in the next couple of years, so they're going to have to find a quarterback. But this week, looking at it, not big picture, but this weekend, um, the Buccaneers are going to come in and dominate. I mean, it is in Atlanta, but this is a tough matchup for even the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you look at last weekend, even, I mean, Tom Brady is just special. I mean, the guy's clearly the GOAT. I mean, we can all acknowledge that. But last weekend, going down to the Colts and that defense – and his performance, not even his performance, but also defensively holding the Colts, uh, holding them still while Tom Brady does this thing and, and they end up winning the game. It was actually spectacular. And, and this weekend they're going to follow it up. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, they they know they're eight and three. They can't afford to lose uh, you know a whole lot of these games, especially um, you know in the same conference. So I think they'll they'll get after Atlanta and Matt Ryan this weekend. Hopefully, I got Cordell Patterson starting on my team in fantasy low key. So you want the man to get some points, but the reality yeah, is, I hope if you he breaks his leg, I'm if, going up against him. So I hope it, he breaks his leg. Oh, that's that's got to stink. Now now we got to disagree here. But anyway, I, I think I think the Bucks win decisively. I'll say, uh, you know what? I'll give them uh, thirty-seven to seventeen. I think they get it done. Um, speaking of teams with one of the worst wide receiving cores in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons. It's pretty bad. Tajay Sharp, Russell oh. Gage. Oh. All they Good have job. is a tight end? Are they tight end centric? That's weird. I never heard of that. Wait. Who? Oh. Yeah, right? Cordell, That's weird. Dynamic running back? Wow. Never heard of it. Unreal. Uh, I love people. I love people. Uh, look, I think the Bucks wipe the floor. I think this is a redemption game for Tom. I think he throws four touchdowns. It's just one of those days for Atlanta. Wrong place, wrong time. They're coming off a big win against the Colts. Tom Brady, I think, only had one touchdown pass in that game. So expect him to make a case for MVP this week against Atlanta. All right. I like it. Uh, up next, my boy Darius Slay. The Eagles taking on the Jets. Will we see another Slay touchdown, Jeff? 
Um, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at um, the Jets and Zach Wilson, man. I mean, the guy plays. He doesn't play well. He gets banged up. He's back. He doesn't play well. So it's – I kind of feel bad for him in a way because the guy can't stay healthy enough to, 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 you know, get better. I mean, he played bad. He got hurt. So then you only understand he's going to come back from injury playing bad. I mean, he hasn't really gotten his legs under him. Uh, so, Zach Wilson, my bad. You're going to take this L, even at home this weekend. It's going to be close, though. It's going to be close. I think the Jets, they're stingy, the Jets. They find a way to compete. Uh, and, wow, would you look at that, Adam? They're 3-8, and eight and they find a way to compete offensively as well. Um, you know, that's a team that could score over 20 points, so you don't know. You really don't. Um, you know, even with Zach Wilson throwing an interception, they still find ways offensively. I'm a big fan of Michael LaFleur. I think they keep it close, but Philly gets a win. I think they'll win 27 to – I'll say 27-20. I think the Eagles coming off a really bad performance last week. Jalen Hurts, three interceptions. I think they somewhat get the offense going this week, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm taking the Jets as underdogs at home. Give me it all day. Uh, I love it. Plus 235, I believe, is the is the line for the Jets this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm all in on it. Give me the Jets over the Eagles. Darius Slay, no, Kennedy does not score another defensive touchdown. It was amazing what he was doing. He will not continue it this week. Having said that, give me the Jets. I think they ruin and all but end the the Eagles season. All right. Now we got to check in with all of our crush, Hollywood Herb, taking on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. What do you think about the Chargers and the Bengals, Jeff? I'm actually really excited for this. Um, Two quarterbacks, really future quarterbacks of this league. I mean, Justin Herbert, you talk about the two years he's had, and then compare him to Joe Burrow, obviously year one. Played well, got hurt with the uh, the ACL, and now year two. Um, can't throw interceptions. We've seen that out of Joe Burrow, but the guy's special. I mean, you can acknowledge that. And, and since Cincinnati has kind of taken the ball, I wouldn't say out of Joe Burrow's hands, but taken it less uh, out of his hands because now they're a run-heavy team, even more so than they have been early in the season. I'm glad they're using Joe Mixon as a fantasy owner. You're definitely glad they're using Joe Mixon. Um, he's gotten nearly 30 carries a game, and if they stick to that and, and keep Joe Burrow um, and, and not – so much a pass-heavy offense like they were early with Jamar Chase. You saw he was eating early in the season. They kind of changed their identity, and uh, they've had success. So it just depends. I mean, what what all? I haven't really gotten a consistent Chargers team yet, and that's kind of what I've had a problem with. Um, they're so dynamic, but sometimes they they play to the level of their opponent. So I don't know if this week. Um, it's going to be close, definitely. It could be a high-scoring game because two both of these offenses can put up points. Definitely, I would say in Cincinnati. This is tough because Cincinnati's got to win in their division, and and same with the Chargers. I mean, both these divisions are so close. Kansas City leads the Chargers by a little bit, and then in the Bengals' side, you got the Ravens that are eight and three. So both teams have to win it. Both teams have the narrative. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers uh, on the road. Um, it, it's a win that you know they're six and five. They want to go to seven and five, and, and Cincinnati Bengals can can afford right now to fall to seven and five, even though they must win this game. Um, I think Eckler has a great performance. You got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, we'll see. But I think I, I got the Chargers winning it. I'll say 34-27. I'll say they win it pretty close. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Chargers here. I, I just think this is a game that Cincinnati, unfortunately, have shown in the past that they lose. Chargers have been on a skid. They This is a must win, I want to say, for the Chargers if they really want to keep their playoff hopes alive. Cincinnati, look, they, they showed a side of themselves last week that I don't think anybody expected. Not only dominant on the defensive side of the ball, but they absolutely ran all over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joe Mixon had a hell of a night. 
Uh, look, if, if they go out and they're able to run the ball against, let's be honest, a run defense that hasn't shown up this year in the Los Angeles Chargers, I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect. I'm going to say 28-26, Chargers walk away on a late field goal. Oh, definitely one of the games of the weekend, definitely. All right, next up, Washington football team taking on the Raiders. Mm, Adam, I'll let you start first with this one because I got a lot to say about the Raiders. Go on. Yeah, look, uh, this feels like upset weekend again in the NFL. I I like Washington on the road as underdogs. I think it's one, a fair line, and two. You want to talk about teams that just don't have anything going for them and they're somehow winning football games is beyond me. That's the Oakland, uh, not Oakland, but the Las Vegas Raiders. An interim head coach who looks like he should be working at a meat shop. Um, You have a quarterback who I like, but isn't, you know, some tier one quarterback. No wide receivers. Darren Waller's out for the year. Josh Jacobs hasn't looked like himself all season. And the Raiders are winning football games. Blows my mind. I'm taking the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke, I think, has another good game. He's really justified him getting the starting nod. And I, I just think it's it's really good for Washington. Whether or not they want to go for a quarterback in the future is up to them. But the kid's proven he can be a quality backup and you know a decent starter in the NFL. Reminds me of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, definitely. No doubt. Taylor Heineke, I mean, they're winners of three straight, and Washington has, has propelled themselves <laughs> right back into that conversation. They're five and six. You got Dallas eight and four. And uh, that NFC East is close towards the bottom. I mean, the Giants, Eagles, and, and Washington are all one win from each other. And I think this weekend, you kind of hit it right on the head. As much as, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders, they started hot. I mean, the AFC West, they're they're tied for second. Uh, it's the Chiefs at seven and four. And then you got the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos at six and five. And the anomaly, the anomaly between, for me between the three teams is going to be the Raiders and Broncos. They're going to fall out. It's just a matter of when. And I think we're going to start seeing the slippery slope for the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend. I think they drop and go to 6-6. Six and six. The Washington football team defensively, they lost Chase Young, and they've been playing spectacular as of late. And you got to understand, Las Vegas is without Darren Waller uh, again this week. And, you know, Josh Jacobs is banged up. Derek Carr... I, I, I just love him as a quarterback. I mean, the guy, talk about just toughness, adversity. The guy without Darren Waller most of the year, a limited wide receiver core. I mean, you couldn't even have Antonio Brown for a season. The guy's been through a whole lot, and, and he's still playing well. So I think Derek Carr, they'll find a way to put up points. But at the end of the day, Washington has, has been playing hard. And even on the road, I think they get a win. I, I agree with you. I, I would say 2017. I think they win by a field goal. All right, you guys. Next, what's coming up uh, to sh- – What's coming out to shape up as a pretty big game here? Broncos Chiefs. The Broncos obviously coming off a pretty big win against the Chargers. What are you thinking here, Jeff? Uh, well, we talk about the AFC West. This is this is big, and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is your your time to put your foot on your opponent's throat. And the Denver Broncos, who is trailing behind you a game, you cannot afford to tie the division with the Denver Broncos. And I I would this is a game I'll I'll bet money on. It's in Kansas City Arrowhead Stadium. It's a tough place to play, outdoor stadium, um, especially this time of year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm questioning his health. And the the fact of the matter is the Kansas City Chiefs, you could talk about their defense all you want. They show up uh, the last couple weeks just because I think they understand the moment and they understand the pressure and the expectation this team has. And, and, you know, Chris Jones isn't playing well the the last couple games, and the secondary's really picked up their play. Um, I think Kansas City gets this job done convincingly. Uh, The Denver Broncos defense, they played great, and I think they'll be able to get stops. 
but I don't have faith in the Denver Broncos offense to even compete with Kansas City. I, I would say Kansas City wins this thing 38-17 to 17 or 14. I don't even know if they'll get past 20 points. Denver. This is um, this is my blowout of the weekend. Tyreek Hill, book it now, will go for 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs win big 48-20. to 20. Uh, They're going to absolutely maul the Denver Broncos on Sunday. It's going to be a statement uh, statement win for the Chiefs, and I'm all for it. All right, cool. Last game I want to get into, uh, the 49ers taking on the Seahawks. Ooh, this is actually another game of the weekend, in my opinion. I mean, this is a big game. Not only uh, we talk about you know the narrative of of uh, should Pete Carroll be done after the season. I mean, the, especially how the Seattle Seahawks no. have looked. Hold on. What? Pete Carroll... I I didn't know much about this man. I won't lie to anybody. I saw a TikTok of of they had him mic'd up last game, and I have absolutely fallen in love with Pete Carroll. That man is hilarious. He should not be looked at to lose his job. Right when I watched Pete Carroll before the game, I, I remember the biggest thing for me is when I'm watching Seattle Seahawks games is watching Pete Carroll chew his bubble gum, walking up and down the <laughs> sideline, and that's He's that's awesome. that's the most legendary thing. But the 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 question I have with Pete Carroll is this Seattle Seahawks team, what's your identity? And, and that's what I've been saying all year. What is your identity? Are you Russell dependent? Uh, do you want to do you want to have a run game? Do you want to? commit to the run game uh, I don't know defensively they didn't, besides Bobby Wagner he's the only guy that's been there since you know uh, years ago in the prime of the Seattle defense so the Legion of Boom I mean Jamal Williams overrated safety I mean in my opinion he's one of the he's a great safety but he's very overrated so Seattle I think they lose this weekend honestly I mean listen Seattle needs to win and the narrative is in their favor but I haven't seen anything out of C- Seattle that would tell me they would flip a switch this weekend. What, what really depends in this matchup is what are you getting out of the quarterback position for San Francisco? And I think Jimmy G's and playing solid as of late. They're 6-5. and five. Uh, They're making a run in the NFC West. I, I think this is a big, big divisional game. Um, and I'm going to give the nod to the 49ers on the road. It's in Seattle, but the Seattle Seahawks haven't shown us they can even win at home. So um, they struggle either way. So they, they got a lot of problems. I don't know if they can fix by Sunday. And I got the 49ers winning, I would say, 24-20. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's the tricky game. The Niners can't afford to lose it, especially if they want to make a playoff run. I really like what they've been doing. Elijah Mitchell coming alive of late. And Jimmy Garoppolo's last five games, he has a pass rating over 100. He's looked extremely, extremely well. Uh, he's playing really at the best level he's played at since his Super Bowl run. So watch out for the 49ers. It's a must-win game for them. We talk about narrative. I think the Seattle experiment's going to blow up. Either Carroll's leaving or Russell Wilson. It's one of the two, and I'm not going to concern myself with that right now. Uh, I think the focus this week needs to be on can the 49ers really make a push come playoff time, and, and it's got to start this Sunday. they got to win. They have to win on the road in Seattle. Can't afford to lose it. Definitely. All right, you guys. Well, that wraps going around the NFL, which means Jeff now gets to tell us about – Lady Janes. Lady Janes, listen, fellas, football season, we understand, is here. And it's time to make your grooming experience easy like Sunday morning. Get to Lady Janes haircuts for men. You walk in, you relax. Watch your favorite team play on the beautiful flat screens they got in here. You get to sit in the comfy chairs and get taken care of. Your hair will be game ready. Get to Lady Janes, open 10 to 8, seven days a week. Walk in anytime because it's wicked awesome. Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. One mortgage myth we hear all the time is having to choose between a 15 or a 30 year fixed term. 
At Hall Financial, we offer the modern mortgage to create a flexible term that fits your unique financial situation. Our team of mortgage experts are available seven days a week to review your goals and customize a solution for you. Get started today with a free five-minute mortgage review at 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us online at callhallfirst.com. Woodward Sports. This part of the show today? Watch again on YouTube or download the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Woodward Show. Featured on the Roar at 93.5 FM, 99.1 FM, and 94.7 HD2. All right, you guys. We've got a couple uh, players in a bit of trouble here. Uh, Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards have both been suspended because they lied about being vaccinated for COVID. We've got another Rogers situation here. So, Jeff, your thoughts on what's going on here? Why why can't these players just be truthful up front? Well, um, to be honest, Antonio Brown, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, nah. this is uh, and the guy's developed a reputation for himself. What disappoints me though is just the ignorance. And, and Antonio Brown, I mean, you talk about the Antonio Brown influence. Um, all of the players were uh, Bucks players, and I'll read them off for you right now. It's it's Buccaneers backup safety Mike Edwards also got suspended. Uh, former Bucks. Quarterback converted to wide receiver James John Franklin the third, who is a free agent right now, but he's still getting in trouble. And um, all three players accepted their discipline and will not appeal. And will not appeal tells you a whole lot because if you look at a normal person, if if me Jeff goes out and I fake a vaccination card, I, I'm facing legal trouble. And if you look at it now, I don't know if it's it's the fact that they believe they're 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 above everybody, which is definitely the case. But it's just ignorant. I mean, this is a time where everybody needs to come together and make sacrifices, and you see it. All quarterbacks in the league, I mean, in my opinion, should be vaccinated. I mean, you're the leader of the team, and, and that comes with a lot of responsibility. But even players, you know what's at stake. And Antonio Brown, uh, he's not even a necessity for the Bucks. He's a luxury. So that that's the good thing. They don't need Antonio Brown. But the, the disappointing thing is, what's the point? I mean, r- really. I mean, you fake a vaccination card. Um, the truth is going to come out eventually. And it really just shows how idiotic the decision was to even go through with this. And now just... There's not only the scrutiny, but I know people are trying to bring up Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers never faked a vaccination card. He just the, the league knew he was unvaccinated. What he said at the press conference is his own deal. I mean, this is a completely different story. Faking an actual vaccination card, which, I mean, we wouldn't have found out if it wasn't for Antonio Brown's chef, who he pissed off and came out and talked about how the wide receiver had, had a 
obtained a fake COVID vaccination card over the summer. I mean, it's it's honestly disappointing to see. I mean, even from a sports fan, I mean, you understand that there's not everybody. I mean, look across the league. Kyrie Irving, there's guys that aren't about the vaccine. And Amari Cooper still hasn't gotten vaccinated. But um, to, to lie and to say you're vaccinated is, is the most ignorant thing. And, and to have a fake vaccination card um, that... I honestly that it doesn't sit well with me and, and that's really what I took I'm not surprised it's Antonio Brown the guy's reputation um, of doing idiotic things and hopefully no other player does as stupid as a decision as these three did so um, it's honestly depressing but the league will take care of it and, and three game suspension I mean it is what it is you had to punish him but in my opinion if you're a normal person Antonio you'd be facing legal trouble that's all I gotta say he's a fucking idiot so Sorry, swear jar, but it was deserved. Yeah, he like, is. That's uh, that's like all I can say. I don't know what you guys really want me to say. Or he's he's just a fucking idiot. And, oh, you too. And, and when, that's okay. I uh, love you. you. You just can't do things like this. You really can't. It's just extremely irresponsible, unprofessional. And I, I thought it was hilarious when I first found out. I was like. <laughs> But it wasn't true in the beginning when he was called out for it, and now it's true. And you know, I just, I just had fun with it. It's just, what? An, I, I don't care so much that they aren't vaccinated. Right. I think what kills me is, yeah. it's that they said they were, and that puts this false trust of those around you, who won't wear a mask around you or whatever it, you know, those deterrents may be. Like it's just irresponsible. It really is. It's selfish and. You know what? Three games, that's fine. I think it's totally different to the Aaron Rodgers situation, though. I don't think they're the same. Uh, Aaron Rodgers never said he didn't have the vaccine or that he took it. He never showed a a vaccination card that was fake. What Aaron Rodgers did is he sat up there before the season started and said, I'm immunized. And nobody at that facility, reporting-wise decided to ask a follow-up question saying, does that mean you're vaccinated? Nobody asked that question. Right. Because they didn't, and you have to remember, every team reports who's vaccinated and who isn't. Right. Everybody knew Aaron was not vaccinated. The only thing he did wrong was he broke COVID protocol at that Halloween party. Yeah. Outside of that, Aaron Rodgers did nothing wrong. So yeah, it's totally different. It's not like Aaron sat up there and said, yeah, I'm vaccinated and Here's my vaccine card, and you know everyone should take it. And then he's like, not the guy who took it. It's just not the case at all. And what really is sad is just to compare situations just around sports in general. Tyler Bertuzzi, like you look at Aaron Rodgers or anybody that's not vaccinated. Kyrie Irving, of course. It's it's not the fact that you're not vaccinated. That's not the issue. Like you just said, it's the issue of of being as ignorant as they were, and to say you're not vaccinated or to say you are vaccinated, go through the trouble of acquiring a fake vaccination card and, and, and repeatedly say, I think he did say, um, he had a statement before he was found guilty, and I thought this was the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. Um, it, it was funny. He said, people in this, they, they find players guilty until innocent, or he goes, you're innocent until proven guilty, but you're guilty till you show innocence because anything someone says, everyone's already magnifying it, and you come out and say anything, you just put yourself in deeper holes. Like, the guy's already uh, trying to walk backwards, and he's clearly, clearly made a, an idiotic mistake, and it's honestly, I can't, I can't say it enough. It's, it's, it's honestly dis- not disappointing, because you, you expect it out of Antonio Brown, but like the what, fact what that I someone would actually understand. do this. 
I don't get it. What I'll never understand with people in a position like this is how they would ever jeopardize their income uh, for such a minuscule problem, like such right. petty stuff. And with Antonio Brown, you're talking a guy that should be making 15, 20 million a year, basically, because he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. But his off the field domestic issues with his uh, former wife, uh, his antics getting out of uh, the Raiders, him calling John Gruden and Mayock and saying, you know, coach, you know, I want to be here. You know, they're all against me like a freaking lunatic. He goes to he goes on the TB12 plan. It's like, <laughs> you know, he turns it around and then he's back to this dumb crap. And it's like, well, you know what? You can't help people if they don't want to be helped. And he's not going to change until he changes himself. And look, it's, you know, everybody talks about fixing the world and, you know, how many problems our world has. And, you know, we should be fixing the climate. We should be fixing, you know, this vaccine. And, you know, we should be picking up the garbage and. You know, uh, our politicians are crazy, whatever, whatever. Like, it's it's more difficult. How about you, like, make your bed first? How about you get your shit together? Because I promise you, uh, getting your own shit together is more difficult. And it Screw just you, Adam. People, <laughs> I swear. Like, it, people, it, it's more scary to try and figure your own stuff out than try to solve other problems. All and right. I think people really... Uh, people really, really, really need to understand that. Like, people like Antonio Brown, they need help. They need to like really find themselves and work on themselves because to be that kind of human is it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not good for the people you care about. So, you know, it's just uh, that's kind of my advice for the day is uh, <laughs> going into the weekend. You know, take care of your own shit. Uh, if you want to get in shape, go get in shape. Stop making excuses. Go to hell, Adam. Shut up, fish. I can <laughs> say it and swear as much as I want. <laughs> All right. My show, Danny. <laughs> I want to move on uh, to someone else who's in trouble, and that's LA Media. They are in trouble with Kelly Stafford. Here's the clip of what they said about Matthew, and Kelly was not having it. was not having it she posted that on her uh podcast instagram and said oh frank and peter immediately doing exactly what matthew predicted the media would do even when matthew the actual person being spoken about told media he was absolutely fine which was then reiterated on tv before the game started this just tells me that frank and peter did zero homework and just want to talk even if they don't know what they're speaking about but that's media these days they just Get the click, and no one actually holds anyone accountable if it's not actually factual. It it obviously doesn't just happen in sports. Matthew is fine, like he said before the game. He doesn't want anyone making excuses. P.S. Frank and Peter aren't their real names, but their network doesn't care to get names right. Your thoughts? 
God well, dang it. You, you start I love out. that Kelly's doing that for people. That's awesome. Uh, look, um, to uh, quote-unquote Frank and Peter's points, um, <laughs> injury reports coming up before a game, especially when you're struggling, they're never a good thing, even if it's true. Like, it just sends the wrong message. Having said that, look, uh, yes, everybody does play her. <coughs> And I think there's a multitude of reasons why the Rams are struggling right now. And I don't think it's all on Stafford, but look, I just, this is all funny to me. It really is. You know, Kelly Stafford was never going to change going to L.A. Uh, Stafford has looked, uh, you know, pretty good this year. The last three games, he's looked pretty bad. So uh, he'll have to recover if he wants to, I don't want to say save face, but, you know, when you give up two first-round picks, you know, you're expecting better quarterback play and, he is better than Goff. I don't think that's the question. And he has played better than Goff did at this point into the year last year. I don't think that's the conversation. Uh, Goff last year was had the number one ranked defense and scoring defense. Uh, having said that, the, the Rams aren't blaming Stafford for their woes the last three weeks, and he's not blaming the team around him. It's a collective effort. Look, Sean McVay has not had a good coaching, uh, has not coached a good game in three weeks. He's looked really bad. Uh, going for it was desperate on fourth down in their own territory early on against Green Bay. Uh, look, the Rams are going to be fine. Yes, it's a loaded team with talent. Yes, they're still getting comfortable. Look, the Robert Woods injury plays a huge factor into that offense. And now Cooper Cup is the the primary. And that's kind of difficult because he was always kind of the secondary guy. Although the numbers never really pointed to it, Cooper Cup was... You know what? We'll like let him go off because like if Robert Woods goes off, we're we're in trouble. So like you know you got to pick your poison. And now it's like, well, can Odell Beckham uh, step up to the plane? If he can't, you know, you don't really have a run game out in uh, Los Angeles. And that's what really Sean McVay <laughs> was known for: pound the rock, Todd Gurley, top defense. And right now they have a top twenty-eight defense. Not even that good. Uh, their O line is not playing as great. They've given up way more sacks over the last few weeks, but. Look, I don't think anybody inside the Rams organization, let alone Matthew Stafford, are blaming the injuries on why they've lost three straight games and they've looked really bad. I just don't think that's the case. He's gone yeah. out, he hasn't played well, and they got to own it. And if they want to shut everyone up, they got to play better. It's that simple. Yeah, I think especially your point about the defense like last year, but I think people, especially Frank and Peter, clearly didn't watch Matthew Stafford in Detroit because the guy's always been banged up. He's never made excuses, especially in L.A. It is interesting, obviously, the injury report comes out before the game. It's it's almost like a built-in excuse, but the reality is Matthew Stafford isn't releasing the report himself. I mean, the guy, I believe there's two sides of this, definitely. There's the side that Matthew Stafford, no doubt in my mind, with that offensive line, I've said it to begin with, that's going to be a flaw with this Rams team, their offensive line and you're missing cam Akers, you're missing that explosiveness out of the backfield you have daryl henderson as your rb1 but is he your rb1 i mean they haven't really i mean you alluded to it they haven't really had a run game this year and and they've been heavy relying on, on matthew stafford and his arm and you lose robert woods and, and really your only receiver right now is is cooper cup i mean you have van jefferson shown things but your true uh consistent wide receiver is cooper cup and that's really it and defensively they've been struggling as well people forget about that i mean you're gonna talk about the other side of the ball um or are we just gonna put everything on, on stafford but the pick sixes though that's not good. And in the last three, I mean, the last three games, you're, you're throwing a pick six. It's it's definitely not going to put you in a in a position to win the game. But I I hate 
the media, especially in LA and all over, this is across the United States, especially, you know, they, they hear these reports and everyone starts piling on and, and no one really knows the full story. And I think that's what's most important about this is no one knows how Matthew Stafford feels. I mean, it's not in Peter or Frank's right to say how injured he is, but they did make a point about everybody in this league's injured. And, and that's really the NFL. I mean, throughout the season, everybody's playing banged up. You got Jared Goff playing with an oblique injury still, um, still haunting him a little bit. And Matthew Stafford has a multitude, the back, the, the hand. I mean, he's got all kinds of stuff. And I believe that to be true, but the point still stands. The Rams have, have looked horrendous the last three weeks. Uh, ever since that you know, convincing win against Houston, they've been on a downward spiral, and, and you got a chance this weekend to get right back on track against Jacksonville. So yep. um, I, I'm going to wait and see. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say he's making excuses or whatever. I mean, the Rams are going to be just fine. If they can get a win this weekend, um, I believe they face the Cardinals next, which is the real real matchup. We get Kyler Murray back, and then we can really start seeing how this team – you know fence against good teams especially in their own division but right now i'm not worried about the most important thing the most important thing for the rams right now is going to be getting the defense to play at a level that i think we're accustomed to that's a good start Mm -hmm. number two matthew stafford needs to stop turning the football over when they were seven and one he had only had four interceptions at the time they looked phenomenal highest passer rating in the nfl and since then we all know what's happened He's really falling apart. It's on Sean McVay. It's on Matthew Stafford and the offense. It's on the defense. It's a collective effort. They all need to get their stuff together. And if they can't, they're going to be out of the playoffs extremely quick. They need to show up against Jacksonville, play a complete game, and then go to Arizona and try and win that football game. And if they can do that, I can go back and say, all right, I'm going to take the Rams seriously again. Yeah. All right, you guys, we got to go to break. And according to Kelly, Peter and Frank, they need to chill out. And they could do that with some gypsy vodka. It took exploring 50 different formulas and hosting countless taste tests. But we believe gypsy is the best tasting, smoothest vodka on the market. Gypsy is gluten-free, corn distilled six times using artesian spring water. Support local guys here from Michigan. Try a bottle today. Ask for it by the name Gypsy. And as always, drink responsibly. Fellas, football season is here. It's time to make your grooming experience easy like Sunday morning. Get to Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men. Walk in, relax, watch your favorite team play, and before you know it, your hair will be game ready. Get to Lady Jane's, open 10 to 8, 7 days a week. Walk in anytime. It's wicked awesome. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It's that time of the year again. Time for our second annual Stuff a Studio with Woodward Sports. Last year, Metro Detroit came together to help make the largest single toy donation in Mott Children's Hospital history. This year, we make it even bigger. Stuff a Studio is happening December 13th through the 17th at the Woodward Sports Studios in Birmingham. The children in Mott Children's Hospital fight so hard all year. Now it's up to all of us to help bring a smile to their faces. So while you're out holiday shopping, make sure you pick up an extra toy or two and help us spread some love to Metro Detroit this season. We look forward to seeing you December 13th through the 17th as we stuff our studio with Woodward Sports and Meyer. Woodward Sports Network, let's go! <laughs> All right, you guys, let's get into some more Lions talk. Welcome back, you guys. It's, a, it's an ugly, ugly season. We've got a tie under our belt, but that's all we can really say. So, if this season continues in the way that it's been going, and we come out winless, how do we justify keeping Campbell around, Jeff? Well, for me, record-wise, it's hard. Obviously, the guy doesn't win a game, that's a big red flag. And Let's say next year he goes 6-11. and Over two years, Dan Campbell's coaching record is 6-27-1, and, and that's... I mean, that's not a good way to start your new regime. And I think the big thing about this team is, for me to justify keeping Dan Campbell, is I'm not going to look at... The win-loss record this year is important. I mean, in terms of can you win two, three games, that's big. I want to see that. But even if they go winless, it's about what do you do in the offseason to turn this thing around? And that's what's really going to be big for me, is if you don't win a game, and you make necessary immediate changes, the ones that you know we can all acknowledge, and they make the right decisions. I can at least attest for one more season. I can I can get on his, the same page, but I'm only giving him two seasons. I've said that, and, and I think that's enough for me because this year. I don't like a winless season. No one does, and it's not impressive. And you talk about the, the the streak of only scoring under twenty points. It's 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 concerning. But what what I will say is, I still believe this roster is among the worst in football. So not winning a lot of games this year isn't really my concern. It's next year, and what do you do to turn this thing around next year? Um, if you let's say they they fire Anthony Land, they bring in somebody who uh, we think will be a successful offensive coordinator, and they don't even work out next year, there's a real issue, and it's not necessarily blaming another offensive coordinator there's a bigger issue than that and I think that's what we have to look at is is what does this team look like next year and to my prediction if we can win five to six games I mean the coaching record is still there and Dan Campbell's still going to get the flack it's how do you progress and and that's really what I'm looking for but if you go winless your first season 0-16 and 1 I can't pound on the table. I mean, there's not really a lot of people who can successfully pound on the table and argue that he should keep his job, um, especially the decision-making he's had this season. I think if you take out the decisions, the third and 30 decisions to run the ball and, and all the others, the double timeout, if there was if there was none of that in, in great decision-making but you're losing games, maybe I could advocate for something. But the combination between bad decisions and not being able to at least just win a football game it's going to take a miracle really to, to, to really get everyone to buy back in next year because you're going to need to put a product in the field early next year. If you go 0-3 to start the season, you can make an argument he needs to be fired immediately because you can't get off to a start you did this season. It's it's, unexpe- it's unacceptable considering where the Lions want to be ultimately. If you go if you go 0-16-1 this year and you win three games next year, who in the hell are you to say this this team's going to you know take off in the next in the third year? Hell no, no way. Um, so to me, the decision comes: what do they do next year going into next year? That's big for me. I'm going to give them a, a very very 
very slight pass for this year. It's hard, but I'm going to give him a pass. Um, not on the decision-making, but on the win-loss ratio. Um, and the next year, it's make or break for me, Adam. Uh, and I'm talking by the game. I'm not talking by the end of the season. If they go 0-4, 0-5, I'm going to be pounding this table to get them out of here. And I love Dan as a person, but it, you have to expect more out of your franchise. And as a Lions fan, Adam says this a lot. You need to hold them accountable, and I think that's that's very important when you're looking at a new coach. And yes, you can give them the first season, but if you're having those Hugh Jackson vibes, or, or you know, that's that's a ugly conversation to be in, and I think that's deserving of a firing. So that that's what I'm giving them this off season, and we'll see what happens. Well, to answer the question, how do you justify keeping Campbell ahead of a winless season? Uh, here's what you do: take a nice bottle of Maker's Mark, you get a two-liter. Uh, Two liter Coke Zero, and you uh, you drink you drink it straight. What about Gypsy Ding Ding? Well, listen, we're not talking about vodka. We're going straight to whiskey, Fish. This is more depressing. Um, we're trying to black out, Fish. He's got a point. Gypsy He's got a point. Fish. Not, not going to black us out right now. Uh, look, I think the only way you keep him is if you black out. These the are talking great about a sponsor. Shut up, Fish. Uh, look. Jokes aside, oh, 16 and one. I I can't imagine it. I, I think it'd be really depressing for the city. Another embarrassment and another blemish on the on the city of Detroit in terms of their football team. I don't think anybody wants to see that happen. Uh, look, these fans have put up with a lot, and uh, you know I know the fan base uh, doesn't like me all that much, and uh, you know I know they don't like uh, what I say most of the time, but. You know, uh, you know, I'd like them to cancel me the day I, I start. I stop telling the truth, and the truth about this team is: yes, they're not talented, but they're extremely poorly coached. They're not coached uh, at all, outside of Aaron Glenn. Uh, there's no advantage week to week of having Dan Campbell as your head coach. You're not uh, coming out of the bye week. Your game plan against Pittsburgh was to run the rock 40 times in bad weather. Wow, that was. 16 points, yep. You were totally going to win that game. Then against Cleveland, we know what happened. Chicago, you know what happened. It's just a consistent embarrassment. And look, I know a lot of people like MCDC. uh, Great attitude, probably a great guy. Um, I don't care at this point. I don't care how good of a person you are. If you're not good at your job, you shouldn't be doing it. And I don't see the significant edge Dan Campbell gives you week to week. Having said that, he's... He's staying. No matter what happens, he's going to be in Detroit next year. So I, I think what you do now is you pray that they win a football game. And if they do, that saves a whole offseason of embarrassment. That way you can focus on the draft. You can focus on, you know, ideally the future of the team. And hopefully next year you surprise some people and win six, seven games. Which, look, again, if you're coached properly, it can happen. The Patriots had one of, if not the worst roster in the NFL last year. They won seven games. It's doable. Everyone can shut the hell up and stop telling me that talent only matters in the NFL. Coaching matters just as much. Look at Freddie Kitchens. Look at Hugh Jackson and compare them to Kevin Kevin Stefanski. It's a night and day difference when you're coached correctly. If any of you played sports growing up, you know what it's like to have a good coach and a bad coach. And a good coach that is not only good to you, but coaches you hard, gets you prepared, helps you not make the same mistake twice, compared to the bad coach who's just nice to you, but doesn't know how the hell you're going to improve, 
doesn't help you get any better doesn't hold you accountable I, I'm just at this point at this point it's really frustrating to talk about the Lions I don't want to have to talk about them I just think they're really boring to talk about but you you got to find something else it's just embarrassing and I really hope they win a game this year because I'm tired of watching this fan base get embarrassed and yeah. like I said earlier I know the fan base hates me but believe me I'm not against them I just uh I just say how it is when it comes to this team. Speaking of embarrassing coaches, I got to bring this up. Westy, I sent you the video. Here is Brian Kelly talking to, to LSU for the first time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is a great way to get started. And I haven't even won all my games yet. <laughs> It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana, but more importantly, to be with you great fans and to be part of what is going to be an incredible ride here at Louisiana State University. Do you guys like your Southern draw? Did you like his southern drawl yeah. that he got from Boston? You're from Boston, what? Brian Kelly. There's nothing embarrassing about that. Good Knock it off. Why hey. does he have a southern accent? He's from Boston. And coaching the I could not. I southern accent, so can he. Listen, that's hilarious. You're honestly, picking up quick down there. I, when I saw that, I was like, excuse me, he's from Boston, and he's only ever coached in the Midwest. You've been in Louisiana half a day, and suddenly you have a southern drawl? Yeah. yeah. Brian Kelly's getting Call recruiting. Being down he, there. He's getting his recruiting work in early right there, and that accent is going to draw in some Louisiana <laughs> recruits in all around Listen, the, uh, nobody, nobody the surrounding area. Nobody can at Ogeron's go time. Go well, course, yeah. <laughs> if you have Ed Ogeron in your living room talking to your parents, that's it's a uh, it's a different pitch. That man, he's different. But Brian Kelly, I just I watched that last night, and I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know. I, I don't I think know. Ed Ogeron would have scared my parents away. We would have sat down at the dinner table. Look, Mrs. Mrs. Mr. Baydoon, uh, your son's a killer. You come down to Louisiana, you're gonna be a killer. You you nailed that. He's gonna be Go a killer. Daggers. He's gonna be a killer. No, I'm all for the Brian Kelly stuff. You're for the fake accent. You hope he keeps he's, it. I don't care. He can do a fake accent. Listen, if if I go take a job in Louisiana, you're damn right I'm gonna be talking like that. Do it in I'm Michigan. gonna go my first day on the radio or TV network, and I'm gonna say yeehaw, motherfuckers. <laughs> You're an idiot. You're such an idiot. I'm tired. I'm really sick. I'm really tired. Honestly, I'm sorry, Justin, for all the swearing. I know you have to dump it out for the radio audio. All the radio Should I count all how many texts that I sent day. to Justin? Should I count them all? No, we no. gotta go to break. Hang on, I gotta stop laughing. Okay, you guys, something that's very serious and not funny is the fact that you should go 
to the Lions pregame with Woodward Sports and Jose Cuervo at Tim Roof, downtown Detroit, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with DMAC, Maz, Jade, myself to host the pregame on Woodward Sports and 101.1, the Riff. Next, obviously, party doesn't end at the pregame. Got to go to the postgame with Stick and Anson. Two-minute warning watch party after every single Lions game at the Brass Rail. They start streaming live at the two-minute warning of every single Lions game with DJs, drinks, and more. So make sure you head over there and get into that Woodward VIP section. All right, mailbag segment after the break. So get your questions ready. Get your Southern accents ready. We'll see you after the break. Okay, you thirsty little spin goblins. I want you to pedal into the next dimension. Spin it! Spin! Spin! Uh-oh! Carmen's falling behind. Let's give her the hiss of shame. Spin! Spin! Spin till you bleed! Don't ride the bike of shame. Come to Planet Fitness and find your own lane with tons of equipment, free fitness training, and no hissing. Join today for just $10 a month. Adam, Chef, and Kennedy. Mornings on the Woodward Sports Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Woodward Show for our final segment, our mailbag segment. Ask your questions now. You can ask them to Fish, you could ask them to myself, Alex Westfall. Adam or Jeff? All the questions in the world. The moron says, "How many? How much does Adam owe you guys for the swear jar?" Mail side like question. Like eight billion dollars? Yeah, at least. At this point, Adam, just write a check. Just write a check. Yeah, I mean, I we'll take a check. Well, I haven't, I haven't been in the office all week because I've been sick and last week, so uh, I owe a lot of money. Let's just put it that way. Jenna wants to know if MCDC had a Southern draw, would it help the Lions win? No, he have I, a southern I think draw? they would score less than 10 points a game because then nobody would know what the hell he's saying. Maybe actually they'd win more games because they wouldn't know what the hell he's saying. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no, not the mail sack comments again. Oh, boy. Yes. <sighs> I love that stick started that. Oh, That's legendary. Le- yeah, mail sack. I mean, it's, it's... Sack. Lots yeah, of yeah. sack talk. You guys stink. I'm All right, ask it. more questions. You guys are being horrible. I think the the question uh, about Adam, how much does he owe in the swear jar, is uh, is a perfect way. Yeah, you can just keep asking that. Um, Look at so Adam, since Stafford is struggling, are you guys ready to blame Sean McVay just like you do Caldwell? Oh, we can have fun with this Uh, one. Good question. Yeah. So uh, here's the difference, right? Uh, One, the Rams are seven and four, and they're primed for a playoff push. Uh, Secondly, 
Jim Caldwell isn't half the coach Sean McVay is. And uh, see, I've already given Sean McVay a lot of flack all season. I, I think he's going away from what makes him great. I don't think the team is playing at a complete level right now. They showed up against Tampa Bay, but outside of that, they've really struggled against the better teams that they've played against. And a lot of that's on coaching. And look, Stafford, Stafford hasn't been playing well. He'll be the first one to acknowledge that. But the Rams overall are not playing well. It's a complete team effort. It's not like the Rams aren't in close games and Stafford is going down and throwing late interceptions. They're getting beat off the breaks from the beginning of the game. So look, Stafford, Stafford's not playing well. He needs to improve. Sean McVay is not coaching well. He needs to improve. But cut the Caldwell shit. Caldwell was not a good coach. He was average. He was a player's coach. And last I checked, his record was beyond pathetic against winning teams. So I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. They're not even the same. I hate Can't the Caldwell slander. It. It's so funny. And like, you know, I'm one of the people that bring up uh, Matthew Stafford, what, 9-71 and 71 against winning teams? Mm-hmm. I think the more important stat to look at within that is what was his record when he was fielding a winning roster, which was three years. And all three of those years, well, four years actually, but three of them were under Caldwell. And you know how bad it was? It was pretty freaking bad. So you tell me, guys. You tell me. I like the uh, thoughts on Baylor-Oklahoma State game. If Baylor pulls it off, does that propel them past Notre Dame? I think we kind of talked about this earlier no. touched on it. No, I don't think Baylor gets in. They have two losses. Yeah. No, sure. th- two losses. It's tough. You might as well throw Ohio State in there, too. Yeah, but, uh, Baylor, Baylor winning all but secures Cincinnati getting into the college football playoff. And Georgia winning. And keep in mind, Cincinnati has to win on Saturday. But if Georgia wins, Cincinnati is guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. Yep. All right, I got to address my man Mitch. He did say, do you toss and turn all night? Uh, will your nose ever stop growing? Listen, Mitch. All right, listen, I, I wear this hat because, you know, I hide. this is what's under it. All right, and and I get I get it taken care of. Lady Jane's does a good job. And um, you know what? Come on to the show and get to do the Lady Jane's reads. It's an honor, Mitch. And you know what? I sleep just fine every night. For your information in my nose i mean it's big i'm italian but it hasn't been growing <laughs> hasn't been growing him, Mitch. Jeff. it hasn't all right doug says did you all see chris paul playing bitch ball early in the first quarter and do you think the nba should do something about it no, uh, well because the face know. of their league is a complete bitch and that's lebron james so i don't <laughs> think they're going to do anything about it true well, you know, it was funny, the whole, the league at first, when they uh, first addressed LeBron, when he first was, he was positive, and then he got the two negatives, and uh, the, one of them was, I think, I believe a uh, rapid test, so the league was like, no, 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 you're still, you're still positive, and then LeBron <laughs> tweeted, talk about being a bitch, tweeted, uh, something smells fishy, <laughs> and he was like trying to at the league, and then a day or two later, LeBron's cleared for all basketball activities, so you know, it's funny how that works. Yeah, it's all it, it is. whatever, I'm tired of the NBA, but look, we got two minutes before we go i really want to touch on michigan one more time before uh go blue obviously big weekend ahead trying to win the big 10 uh, championship for the first time hopefully making their first college football appearance it's a huge huge weekend everybody enjoy your weekends uh thanks so much for tuning in i am gonna go now cfl football you're signing out for me i am i am signing off for myself because i'm about to vomit so
Oh, my oh God. Boy. Get out of here. Go All right. Cats. You guys, this is a perfect time for me to tell you about our second annual Stuff a Studio. Woodward Sports and Meyer are presenting Stuff a Studio collecting toys for Mott's Children's Hospital December 13th through 17th to help all of the children who have been in the hospital all year have the holiday that they deserve. Last year, Woodward Sports donated over $70,000 in toys to the Mott Children's Hospital in an in Ann Arbor, making it the largest donation in Mott history. This year, we're doing it again, teaming up with Meyer, our great partners, and the power of our supporters to stuff our studio full of toys. You can drop off a, a toy anytime between December 13th and 17th from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the Woodward Sports Studio. If you are a local business, we will give you a shout-out, or you can donate online at woodwardsports.com. All right, you guys, that is all from me. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Go Lions. Maybe we'll get a first win. Go Blue if you're into that thing. Uh, Marcus Freeman is the new head coach of Notre Dame officially, so go let's Irish. go Irish. And have such a beautiful and warm weekend. Stay safe, everybody. This is Woodward Sports. Make sure you download the Woodward Sports app in the App Store and the Google Play Store today. Take Woodward Sports with you wherever you go and listen live on your phone or mobile device. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in right here on the Morning Woodward Show. Featured on the Roar, 93.5 FM, 99.1 FM, and 94.7 HD2. It's Friday, you guys. Weekend is upon us. You just got to make it through today. So let's get right into it. Pistons took on the Suns last night. Thanks to the Pistons, the Suns have won a franchise record 18th consecutive game. Uh, they topped the Pistons 114 to 103. Despite the score, though, the second half was actually one of Detroit's better efforts of the entire season thus far. The Pistons outscored the Suns 30 to 18 in the third quarter, and Jeremy Grant led the team last night with 34 points and six rebounds. But Jeff. Give it to me. What do you think about this Pistons team, and what did you think about last night? Uh, well, the difference between the two teams last night uh, being the Phoenix Suns shot nearly 55 percent from the from the floor, and this is the best team in basketball. Um, winners of 18 straight, they just beat the Warriors. Uh, did a good job defending Steph. So th this team is a legit Finals contender. Uh, so it, it, when I was measuring the Pistons tonight, I was I was very excited. Or last night, I was watching. Uh, Cade Cunningham continued his um, streak of, of efficient shooting. Another night where he played absolutely. Absolutely um, tremendous. Eight for 15, three for five from three point range. And uh, him and Killian, I mean, only two guys in the starting lineup with a positive plus minus. So uh, impact players. And I was watching the game in the first two quarters. Uh, the Pistons originally in the first quarter. I think led five to four, and they didn't really lead at all the rest of the game until uh, nearly the third quarter when they went on a 17-0 run and uh, nearly took the lead. And then the fourth quarter, Chris Paul um, took charge of the Suns and absolutely just went away with the game. I mean, the Suns didn't have Devin Booker. Um, we knew they'd be missing some firepower, but th this Suns team is, is a different animal. Defensively, um, they were able to take control um, of the Pistons. Jeremy Grant at 35 points, yes, he did play well, um, was minus 10. So it's 
even though I, I, I do, uh, it was entertaining to see Jeremy Grant last night. It didn't have a whole lot of effect on the game. Um, you know, it, it did cut it close sometimes when he, he did make some nice three-point baskets, especially to cut the, the lead to about five, I believe. Um, but Isaiah Stewart, I mean, Kate Cunningham, the guys are all playing well. Uh, Sadiq Bey still in that shooting slump, which I'm hoping, um, you know, somewhere in the season the guy starts hitting shots because it, it's, it's a mental, it's something mental, obviously, because physically he's there. Defense, defensively he's there. Um, just the decision-making sometimes with Sadiq Bey, you, you kind of question um, just just how he's doing mentally, and I, I think he'll eventually get there, but it's been it's been weird to see him so far in the season. Um, Killian Hayes, I know we, we talked about it yesterday with Killian, and, and he had a great game, I thought. Didn't take a whole lot of shots, but 10 points, 2 for 4 from 3-point range, can't complain. And this Pistons team, they're going to have losses like this, of course, and, and the, the losing streak they're on is, isn't pretty. But I liked how they competed in the second half against the Suns last night. I mean, this is um, this is a real test for them, especially on the road in Phoenix. It's a tough place to play, and I think they did a great job, especially in the second half, kind of trying not giving up, not throwing in the towel, and still trying to compete. But um, that fourth quarter, I mean, gave up 27 in the fourth. It's after giving up 18 in the third. So you got to be able to close games, and um, the Pistons, I believe, will do that eventually. But the point to me still stands with this backcourt. I believe Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, so dynamic together. I mean, that backcourt's exciting to watch because it's kind of you can easily say see how they work so well off of each other. Killian, uh, more unselfish. Kate can be unselfish selfish but more uh, more aggressive obviously than Killian so love watching their dynamic together but last night all I took really was I was impressed to see how hard they fought despite going down early but at the end of the day this Pistons team is going to have to start winning games on the road they're two and ten and they can't get a win on the road and, and that's the, the real struggle of this team the only wins they've been able to produce um, you know it, it recently has been at home and, and you know, we'll see obviously in the next couple games how the, the the tone of this team changes. But lately, I just haven't seen any spark out of him besides Kate Cunningham, and he's been playing extremely well, which is a positive. But the rest of the guys got to catch up. So that, that's really what I took from last night. Last night was a really good showing for Killian Hayes out of everybody. Yeah, Jeremy Grant dropped thirty four, but if you just watch the game, Killian Hayes looked really comfortable last night. Kate looked really good, especially in the second half. And then there was Sadiq Bey, who, I mean, what do you do with him at this point? He's he's clearly struggling for confidence. Shots aren't falling. Yeah, he's giving you effort, but, I mean, he's plus-minus last night compared to everybody else on the team. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're in a rebuild. Yeah, you're trying to grow your young players, but there's got to be consequences, too. And Sadiq Bey isn't a star player yet, so you can still treat him like, you know, a, a player that's in development, like teach him a lesson. And I'm not saying bench him, but Jesus Christ, Sadiq, look, you can't go out there, go what, two of nine from the three point line and give, you know, your effort on defense and commit what, three, four turnovers. It's just, you can't do that as a two guard, especially a guy who's not handling the ball. So you got to expect more from Sadiq Bay in these kind of games. I thought the second half was impressive from the Pistons. Having said that, even though they won the third quarter, 30 to 18, they were still down a good six, seven points going into the fourth. So I wasn't going to kill them for, for not getting, coming back totally or, or winning that game. The, the Suns are a more complete team. They were in the finals. Uh, uh, this is a finals team. They're going to be contending in the West. I have no issue with them losing. Uh, what, I, what I'll have issue with is, you know, young players not showing growth. And you can even apply this to, to the Lions. Now, the problem for the Lions 
is they're winless. <laughs> That's the problem. But let's just say this was a 2-3 win team. Well, then you'd look at Penesul. You'd look at Oruarie. You'd look at some of the young guys and be like, okay, I, I see where this is going. And you would get behind it. But And with the Pistons, it's yeah, they're 2-10 on the road, but I'm not going to kill them for it. They're, they're a young team. Uh, Jeremy Grant in no way is some sort of star leader that is going to carry you on nights like this. So he had a good game last night. I'll give him credit, but that doesn't change my mind on him. Yeah, and it's hard, especially because there's a difference. I mean, I think the average fan, you're watching the NBA and you're watching last night's game. You see Jeremy Grant get 34. You're like, wow, he's, he's a spectacular player. But if you really watch the game, um, and they went through Jeremy Grant. I mean, he's a, he's a ball stopper, and that's not always a negative. I mean, there's a lot of great players in, in, of all time that were ball stoppers. But you got to be able to shoot efficiently. And like last night, I mean, yeah, you shot efficiently, but the rest of the team couldn't catch up. And that's usually when Jeremy has his best games, when the team is shooting efficiently he can't seem to catch up so it's it, 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 it's weird yeah Cade uh Cade was extremely efficient last night I want to say what eight of 15 yeah so yeah he played well seven percent from the from the uh from the uh uh from the mark I, I, th- I thought I thought it's impressive I, I thought he really carried himself really well in the second half he didn't jack up a ton of threes and and that's when you see the Pistons scoring you know a ton of points yeah, it's nice to hit three-pointers, and yes, the league is shifting into the three-point uh, three emphasis, but look, outside of Sadiq Bey, who do you really trust to hit three-pointers consistently, and he can't even do them right now? So that's why this team averages about 98 points a game, and even last night, what they finish with, Jeff? 103 points? Yeah, right around their average. Not even all that impressive. I, I can't even count on my, my, my left hand how many times they scored over 110 points, let alone 120. So it's just not a dynamic team. Uh, Kate is finding himself still, but uh, I think all Pistons fans can agree Kate's got something special. Sadiq Bey needs to develop consistency, and Killian Hayes. I mean, last night was a great showing for Killian Hayes. Uh, I was really impressed. Yeah, no, exactly. I knew his role, and uh, that's what we want out of Killian. Um, just you don't have to be too aggressive, but just be efficient and, and be smart. And he was. Um, so we're gonna see, I guess, over the next. Uh, you know, couple weeks, the development of this team. I'm thinking, you know, easily watching that game last night, they had a problem with DeAndre in, in the paint. I mean, obviously, Isaiah Stewart, 14 rebounds. I mean, no doubt the guy can rebound the basketball. Um, but the, the the Pistons don't have any defense down low. I mean, Luke Garza's your backup big man, and he was struggling last night. I mean, he is. He's a rookie. He's going to struggle. Um, the guy's still trying to get used to the NBA, and he's, you know, last night couldn't get a whole lot of minutes because he was struggling, but that's your that's your backup big man. You don't have Kelly Olynyk and your starting center, 6'9". So, Size is an issue, and you saw it last night, but um, they play hard. So, you know what? Hopefully they can steal some wins because four wins right now, 4-18, and 18, you're the worst team in the league. It's it's not a great look, but, I mean, it just shows, I think, to my opinion, if Cade, Cade wasn't on this team, they might not have a single win. I, I don't. I mean, this guy is a huge, huge reason why the Pistons are even in a lot of these games. You saw it in the third quarter. You alluded to it. Um, the guy's special. So um, we'll see. I'm hoping Sadiq snaps out of this mental mental uh, fortitude he's in. He can overcome it, and I think he will, but... Um, yeah, guys, got to get benched or something. Just show some, get get a light a spark under Sadiq Bay. I think that would be my preference. If you bench him uh, for a game or, or give him limit, cut his minutes, there's, he's going to know. And, and mentally, if you give him thirty minutes and he's going to continue to just shoot inefficiently, it's only going to hurt your team. So we'll see what Dwayne Casey does. But as of right now, it's amazing to watch Kate Cunningham. That's what I took out of last night. I think they just should start playing uh, that song Kool Aid wrote before in the locker room. That a bay bay. That'll get him going. No problem. 
But I'm glad we brought up Killian Hayes because that means we have to revisit what Westy said. Westy, your G League comment once again, please. I said that they should consider... Uh, Put the br- camera on you! I can't, hold on. I can't hold on. It's not here. <laughs> um, consider sending him down to the G League. I, I like how consider. I like the added consider though. I, I really do because it was in the beginning. Yes, like the develop for development reasons you're concerned, but the guy's only going to get better if he plays NBA basketball. And, and you saw it against the best team in the league last night. Didn't play too bad. So hey, listen, the Pistons are technically a G League team this year anyway. So let the guy <laughs> just play on the Pistons, and, and we'll figure it out. He'll he'll learn. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the best team, we know the best team when it comes to heating and cooling. That's Northwestern Tech. Yeah, Northwestern Tech, obviously, Killian does not need to go here. He's been playing well. But if you do need, know someone who needs to go to a trade school, I have one for you. It's Northwestern Tech. Uh, you can start a new career in an industry that is always essential. It's the heating and cooling industry. You can learn more today by visiting northwesterntech.edu. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash BoostByTaxDay to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. Did you know mortgage rates are still at generational lows? If you haven't refinanced your home loan yet, there's still time. Now is your second chance to refinance. You could lower your monthly payment, eliminate credit card debt, or even take cash out by using your home's equity. Call Hall Financial now to get started with your free five-minute mortgage review. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us online at callhallfirst.com. Follow us everywhere. Just search Woodward Sports on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, IG, and more. More, 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 more. Welcome back, everyone. You're tuned into the Morning Woodward Show. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy Friday morning to hang out with us. But I have to get into something. And I know Adam was probably just sobbing his eyes out last night because our dear friend, Mike McCarthy was not at the Thursday night football game. He was on COVID protocol, so he did not get to see that fine specimen on the sidelines. I know he was really upset, but the Cowboys did win despite that uh, 27 to 17 against the Saints. Adam, actually, I'll start with you because I know you're really uh, broken up about Mike McCarthy feeling unwell. Um, uh, Your thoughts on last night's game? I thought the Cowboys played a really good performance and for everyone that says Travion Diggs is just a fraud or you know analytically he's not the best cover corner fine I'll give you that dude makes plays he just yeah. does <laughs> he just does he's a ball hawk I haven't seen somebody ball hawk at this high of a level and we've seen it in bursts in the NFL since you know Ed Reed and Palomalu retired but I haven't seen a true ball hawk like Travion uh, Diggs, and it's it's unbelievable. It, it really is Micah Parsons, correct? Yes, correct. All right, thank God. I don't want to mess that up. Kennedy would kill me. Micah Parsons, the outside of Patrick Sertan, easily the top two defensive rookies so far to come out of 
come out of the draft. He's playing at an unbelievable level. I believe he's at almost 10 sacks now. Uh, he plays pass coverage. He stops the run. He gets to the quarterback. He is a complete linebacker. Cowboys really stole him where they got him. Uh, having said that, Cowboys offense didn't look all that dynamic. They really only put up 20 points on the board. Uh, the defense had a pick six. Yes, the New Orleans D is, you know, pretty solid, but, you know, they just didn't look in rhythm. Amari Cooper didn't play the full game, so I, I kind of don't knock them there. Dalton Schultz, five catches, 43 yards in the first half, not a single catch in the second half. Uh, that's not a recipe for success either. Uh, I really think this was a game Dallas could have lost on another night, but it just so happened that Taysom Hill first start since last uh, last year, to the, to what, week 14. Yeah. So, it's been a while for him. He hasn't thrown the ball 25, 30, 40 times in a game. And, of course, he was expected to do that against Dallas. And he threw four interceptions. The game wasn't close. Uh, yes, they only lost by 10. But it was it was a pretty convincing game from Dallas. But it's, it's hard to overcome turnovers. And the Saints were full of them last night. I expect Taysom Hill to recover, though, and, and play well. He, he looked good in, in moments. <laughs> ran, for, ran for over 100 yards. So that was interesting. But overall takeaway, Dallas... Good win, good bounce back win. Uh, I believe they're now eight and four against the spread, or nine and three, one of the two. So they're a good team to bet on. Good job, Dallas. Yeah, when I was watching the game last night, watching this Dallas Cowboys team in, in, in years past, I mean, you hit it right on the head with the two rookies you just named. Um, they didn't have this type of defense that at least make plays like this. I mean, they were it was tied 2017 for a long period of time, and then the Trayvon Diggs interception, like you said. Um, they even had the pick six from the big fella, uh, if I remember correctly. Let me just, Carl, I want to make sure. Carlos Watkins, that was a beautiful pick when you saw it towards the end of the game. Um, defense made plays for him, and that's what really saved the Cowboys. I, I mean, to the Cowboys' credit, obviously, this is the first game they've played with everybody I mean I'm talking everybody the entire offensive line all receivers um, obviously Dak Prescott being back this year and then the def defensively um, you having Lawrence back so it, it was a um, you, you could talk about chemistry but at the end of the day I, I was I was actually shocked CeeDee Lamb was the only guy really getting chunks of yards I mean that guy that guy's different if you watch CeeDee Lamb um, he is so much fun to watch uh, but I will say this defensively the Dallas Cowboys that's the key right now I mean you're going up against better teams defensively they got to play, get turnovers like they have been doing. Trayvon Diggs, obviously, nine interceptions. Micah Parsons, both uh, obviously Trayvon Diggs, um, young player. Micah, a rookie, 10 sacks. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what they have. And I think that's what's important about this Dallas Cowboys team is, is you know, although Dak Prescott, and I will critique him for this, um, when he signed that massive contract, uh, we all were a little worried, obviously, because it's easy to win in Dallas, win games, when you have as stacked of an offense as he does. But what happens when you lose your left tackle? What happens when you lose a wide receiver because of free agency and you have to pay your quarterback? And right now, Dak, with all of these weapons, um, got me a little worried. Uh, didn't look as good as I thought he looked, but you know what? I I'm, gonna, I'm willing to give him more time. And I think, you know, especially with the Ezekiel Elliott contract as well. I mean, both these guys last night, I mean, they're two of your highest paid, essentially, players on the team. And um, Ezekiel Elliott, 13 for 45. He just didn't look the same. I know he's injured with a knee injury, and, and um, you know, hopefully you can get him back. But over the last five games, you just haven't seen the same Zeke. And Tony Powell has been big for him. So if they can get the run game going like they did last night and, and, and not necessarily – 
force Dak to make all the plays, they have a chance to win. And, you know, they did it last night against a very good defense. Set the secondary for the Saints played extremely well, I thought. Didn't give up too many big plays. Um, had a couple to C.D. Lamb, one down the field to Amari. But other than that, I mean, Lattimore picked them off. I mean, they played pretty solid. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys, to me, it, it, they got a win last night, and they did play well. Uh, Dan Quinn obviously filling in for uh, McCarthy at head coach. But... Uh, to me, the defense is the difference for the Dallas Cowboys and their ability to just make plays. It kind of saved the offenses behind a little bit, and that was the difference last night. So the Cowboys got a win finally, uh, eight and four now after falling to seven and five. A little shaky for a lot of uh, people, or seven and four, but we'll see. Uh, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna stay on the Dallas Cowboys train. I think they're talented. Because I'm, I just believe in their defense so much, and both their coordinators, Kellen Moore, obviously Dan Quinn, when he gets back to that coordinator position, I think um, they have a squad. But we'll see. A little worried, though, last night after having the whole team back, and you barely sneak by uh, Taysom Hill, who's very rusty. I mean, you saw it last night. Just the only thing with Taysom Hill is his ball placement, and I think that speaks to, to just the rust and you know hasn't played since last year. He's been dealing with injuries. So as Taysom Hill gets better, the Saints will get better. But last night, even him throwing four interceptions and playing as bad as he did, I mean, he ran for 100 yards, but um, they still were in that game up until the pick six at the end by Carlos Watkins. So um, it was a great Thursday night football game. Obviously, the Cowboys had a full week. They played last Thanksgiving, um, or, so it was only a week ago. So the, basically, it was a Sunday-to-Sunday game, if you look at it like that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to wait and see on the Cowboys. Defensively, they got some studs at them, and I think we both agree there, definitely. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I love what Dallas did, um, at least you know from an adversity standpoint. I was really happy they played. Uh, look, New Orleans is no pushover. When you're on the road, you're playing a New Orleans team that's coached by Sean Payne, and you're without Mike McCarthy. You know, a lot of things are stacked up against you. And I thought they handled it just fine. The defense made plays, and and what is Dallas really known for? They're playmakers. And look, last night was another example of why Ezekiel Elliott should be cut from the team. Tony Pollard is clearly the more explosive, dynamic back. Look, these guys that come out of Ohio State and are running backs, you know, they're just fat, lazy, uh, unhealthy. Uh, did I mention fat? So, you know, Zeke, uh, Zeke is totally out of shape. He doesn't look like the same player he was. You know, credit to him when he first came to the league. We're all looking like, my goodness, this dude's the complete package, can run the ball, can catch out of the backfield, go for 1,600 yards a year if he wanted to. And now we're, we're five, six years in, and it's like, He's not only lost a step, he's lost multiple steps. He's not hitting the holes like he used to. It's just really uh, it's tough to justify keeping Ezekiel Elliott for what you're paying him right now. And yeah, The Cowboys are going to have to address it at the end of the year. That's what I was going to ask, actually. I think the Cowboys, and I, I, when I immediately saw um, Ezekiel sign that deal, he was in Cabo, he was working out the whole nine yards. I think, in my opinion, I think the Cowboys... You, saw, you essentially bought a car with already too many miles on it. And you saw the first couple of years of Zeke's career, magnificent. But the last two years have been down years. And it's been weird to see with Zeke. And to your point, I mean, Ohio State running backs, talk about the mileage coming out. I mean, Jonathan Taylor looks magnificent right now. But Zeke, in what is he, five, six years in his career, uh, it's just weird to see. It is really weird. I mean, last night, I don't think he's 100% healthy. But even when he's healthy, last year, just doesn't run the same. He just doesn't look the same when you're watching him on, on tape so um hopefully the Cowboys figure that out because you're paying him you're paying Amari you're paying uh Lawrence you're paying Dak I mean uh, god do they even have a, a payroll and uh and for the Cowboys do they even have a salary cap I don't know I really don't 
No, look, I, I love uh, the one thing I love about the NFL is it has a very strict salary cap, but it's a salary cap you can kind of maneuver and pivot around. So I appreciate the gamesmanship there. Having said that, it's really the teams like like Kansas City and, and the Rams, like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. How the hell are you affording that? And then you look at the Rams, Von Miller, Odell Beckham, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup. Like, yeah. it's, it's the funniest thing ever, but... Look, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. They they do need to move on from Zeke. Pollard looks much more explosive, and and I, I really think it's time. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, you guys. This means it's time for my favorite live read lately. Fish, will you tell us about my bookie? We've got the Big Ten Championship coming up, Bob. We do, Kennedy Broadwell. We have the Big Ten Championship where you can bet on. Where do you go to bet on the Big Ten Championship where, and all fish? the other ones going on? My bookie, mybookie.ag or mybookie.com, whichever you prefer, the same thing. It's from Argentina. So that means you can bet anywhere in the whole wide world, whether you're in the United States, Montana, Mexico, New Mexico, Arizona, Alaska, Nevada, uh, I don't know, Brazil, Belgium, Japan, wherever you want to live and bet. You can use it with mybookie.ag. So much fun stuff happening this weekend. It's December, which means it's the favorite time of the month. You got Christmas basketball, you got my favorite holiday. Boxing Day, where there's just endless possibility of the sports. Mm-hmm. You got the AAC uh, championship game, which is Cincinnati Bearcats and Houston, Michigan, Iowa. Uh, what else? Oklahoma State and Baylor. A yep. uh, bunch of other championship Alabama, games. Georgia. Mountain West, Alabama, Georgia. NFL Sunday. Uh, CFL Sunday. And uh, just a bunch of other stuff. Premier League, La Liga, any league in the world you want. You can use my bookie. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code Woodward at my bookie. That's promo code Woodward to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Michigan Gambling Hotline, 1-800-270-7117 if you have a gambling problem. It's that time of the year again. Time for our second annual Stuff a Studio with Woodward Sports. Last year, Metro Detroit came together to help make the largest single toy donation in Mock Children's Hospital history. This year, we make it even bigger. Stuff a Studio is happening December 13th through the 17th at the Woodward Sports Studios in Birmingham. The children in Mock Children's Hospital fight so hard all year. Now it's up to all of us to help bring a smile to their faces. So while you're out holiday shopping, make sure you pick up an extra toy or two and help us spread some love to Metro Detroit this season. We look forward to seeing you December 13th through the 17th as we stuff our studio with Woodward Sports and Meyer. Woodward Sports Network, let's go! Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. Choosing between a 15 or 30 year mortgage can be difficult, which is why we offer the Modern Mortgage, a flexible term that's customized for you. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us online at callhallfirst.com. Welcome back, everybody. Well, Fish just told us we can bet on the Michigan-Iowa Big Ten Championship. Let me tell you about it. Number two, Michigan taking on number 15, Iowa, going head-to-head for the Big Ten Championship this Saturday at 8 p.m. at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Michigan is the favorite at minus 435 When the Hawkeyes and the Wolverines meet this Saturday, it will be for the 62nd time, dating all the way back to 1900. Michigan leads the all-time series 42-15-4. You guys, is there anything that you can think of that this Michigan team has to worry about? Adam, let's start with you. I think they need to worry about 
complacency. I think they need to worry about how they are going to keep the gas, uh, their foots on the gas pedal. You you need to come out and start the game quickly. And we saw it against Ohio State. We saw them dominate early. They first drive, go down and score. And then it was, um, you know, uh, one more touchdown. They win in 14, 13 at halftime. You don't want to be in a tight game versus Iowa. Stingy defense, very stubborn, a damn good head coach. This is going to be a tricky game. I'm still going to, I'm still going to take Michigan, of course, but this is a game where they need to come out and, and keep their foot on the pedal for 60 minutes, not let up, force turnovers, don't commit turnovers, don't give Iowa a chance, don't give them this hope or this feeling that they're, they're even in the game. And I think that's your best bet. If you play a close game versus Iowa, I'm not saying you can't win, but Jesus, I don't think anybody wants to watch that. Yeah, I think Michigan this weekend, uh, and you hit it, you kind of alluded to it already, is is just not beating themselves. Because I think Iowa, like you said, stingy defense. Defensively, I know we know Iowa will show up. It, it, can they stop the run? Is the question. And can Cade keep the ball out of their hands? And I think you know they have, they'll have a great game plan going in. And offensively, I don't know if Iowa can can keep up with. Especially, I'm not even talking Cade McNamara. I'm just talking about this run game and the ability to not only uh, I'm not even talking about time of possession because it didn't you don't need time of possession necessarily if you can go down and score like they did against Ohio State and uh, play you know stifling defense like they did then they'll just be just fine I think they win this weekend um, but the main thing is just not beating themselves and, and not letting last weekend affect this weekend it's it's holding an opportunity um, you you essentially control your own destiny and um, they understand the pressure and, and Jim understands the pressure and I think going in this weekend um, they understand that I was no team to be sleeping on at least I mean I, regardless if if they're 13th ranked they're 10 and two like you said coached well um, so the question is can Iowa hang in there offensively and and I don't think so uh, I think it will be a close game especially early on because uh, that's that's kind of the recipe for Michigan. Um, I don't think they get off to a, a hot lead, but I think as the game progresses, you're going to start seeing Hassan, Blake Corum, uh, maybe Cade get some completions down the stretch, and and they run away with it. But it, like I said, it, it, you cannot sleep on this defense for Iowa. I mean, they've been uh, terrorizing teams. Offensively, they might not even be getting anything going early in the game. Their defense, as long as they can hold the other team, offense seems to get going. So Michigan, put your, keep your foot on the gas pedal. That's my that's my advice. And uh, don't let up. And I think this weekend, the only one who can beat them is, is really essentially themselves. They're too talented. Um, Ajabo, Hutchinson, they're going to be getting after uh, Spencer Petra's ass. And I'm not worried about it at all. So, uh, But it will be interesting. Obviously, still a good game. It's going to be a, a electric environment. And uh, that's going to elevate the play of Iowa. It, it is. And it, both teams, Michigan as well. So um, this weekend, if I, had to, if I had to put a a, a base of score on it just so I, I revisit this moment possibly I'll, I'll say Michigan wins 34-14 uh, I'll say that that's my score prediction what about you Adam very convincing and I think you want to win in a convincing way going into the college football playoff but hey a win's a win so I think you take them as you get them I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game I think Michigan pulls it off 27-16 to 16. I, I don't see how Iowa's going to put up more than 24, 27 points. I, I don't right. see it. This defense just held Ohio State to 27. It's a, it's a damn good defense, and I think if all goes well over the course of the season, we may look back at Michigan as maybe one of the more underrated defenses uh, throughout college football. I know everybody's looking at Georgia. 
But what they did against Ohio State was damn impressive. So, look, I, I like Michigan this weekend. I think everybody does. You got to finish the job. Uh, you know, everyone says, you know, job not done. You know, finish a job. You got to do it. You got to do it. And look, Jim, you know, uh, Cade, everyone's got to step up to the plate. Cade can't, can't go 13 of 19 again and, and think that they're going to win the game and throw an interception and no touchdowns. And that's not a shot at Cade. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's done the job he's been asked to do at an okay level. Uh, he's sort of a game manager, and when the team can run the ball the way they did against Ohio State, that's phenomenal. And there are going to be moments like it, there have been throughout the season where you're not able to run the ball the way you want to, and you got to be able to step up to the plate, and he hasn't shown he can do that yet. And until he shows he can do that, it's going to be tricky, but... I think Michigan should be able to run the ball consistently over Iowa, maybe not as dominating as they were over Ohio State. Having said that, I don't think Iowa really matches up well with, with Michigan. I just think there's too many there's too many gaps between talent level along with play style. I think Mike McDonald's going to put together something really dynamic for Iowa. They're going to struggle on offense. And then, of course, Michigan's offensive line, they're bullies. They really are. And Coming off of that performance against Ohio State, I, I have I have no reason to doubt Michigan can pull this off pretty convincingly. Especially because considering Iowa, obviously they like to run the ball, and, and if you can establish uh, dominance at the line of scrimmage like Michigan did last week, like you said, no problem. Um, offensive line does what the, if they do what they did last week against that Ohio State front. Iowa, obviously, I, in my opinion, a better defense at least on paper. Um, they've been performing well, but still, I think offensive line for Michigan is just too talented. Defensive line as well, uh, they're going to get after them, and and uh, I think this weekend it's it's really Michigan's game to lose essentially, and if they get off to a you know two score lead in the first quarter I think Michigan runs away with it absolutely because I don't see Iowa clawing back so it just depends how they start the game and and hopefully I think you saw it last weekend the in early interception by Cade McNamara there the defense was able to kind of masquerade that mistake and I think this weekend um, if they play as well as they they kind of carry that momentum they'll do the same exact thing hopefully it doesn't throw an interception of course but you never know and I think defensively they'll they'll hold they'll hold tight so uh, I'm not worried about it. Hutchinson though Jabo, they're going to be a problem definitely this weekend. So cannot wait to see this. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm all for it. Look, you know, uh, everyone's talking about Hutchinson maybe going number one overall. You put together a two sack performance. Mm-hmm. You can. I, I I don't know, guys. Look, you know, um, trying not to put Big Ten or Michigan bias into this, but if I'm the Detroit Lions. Honestly, I'm really considering. Aiden Hutchinson. He really reminds me an extreme, you know, dynamic version of TJ Watt mixed with a little, a little bit, a little bit of Miles Garrett. And not so much from the physical standpoint, but from that dog mentality standpoint that Miles Garrett has. I really like Aiden Hutchinson. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for any team to pass on him. Let's just be honest. You have Evan O'Neill that probably go top two, top three this year. Where's Aiden going? Is it Thibodeau 1, Neil 2, Hutchinson 3? Yeah. Look, no, if right. you redraft the TJ Watt class, he went 30th overall. He's going top 3, top 5. So, look, he, he's just insane. He, he really is. He's a great player. He's going to deliver on Sundays right away. And, yeah, he may not have the ceiling as Thibodeau, but what if Thibodeau never reaches that ceiling? 
So look, I I I really like the JJ Watt, the TJ Watt, the uh, you know those comparisons. I I think they're fair, but you got to consider Hutchinson number one overall. He's played his way into that spot, and you can't ignore it. Yes, Thibodeau all year was the consensus; it was obvious. But look, I'm sorry. When a guy plays the way he plays, shows up in the big games like he has, look, it's it's, it's essentially a coin toss. And you're going to be happy if you take Thibodeau or Hutchinson, but I, I think you really got to consider taking him number one overall. I really do. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree with you more considering the coin flip thing is, is interesting, especially considering you know Oregon plays Houston or excuse me Utah this week. Um, so it, it's a big game for both of those guys. Obviously, if, if Hutchinson goes off, gets you know one or two sacks, and even has a dominant performance, he's going number one. But if he, he doesn't have his dominant performance as we're used to seeing, Thibodeau comes out with a two sack performance, whatever forced fumble, then um, it gets more interesting. But uh, like you said, I think it's Hutchinson's. Um, he's the number one pick to lose. I think it's it's his pick to lose. Um, he's pl- he's earned it. He's play like it and I love the comparisons I mean Watt the Watt brothers you, you can do it all I mean the guys he's an animal and he's got a high motor and, and those are the type of players that make an impact right away high motor and you know I, I, I don't look into the, the ceiling I mean there are certain players you can look at the ceiling but in this case you just take the best player and to me on paper well it's Aiden Hutchinson well, but. Look, um, look look what the Lions did not too long ago okay Dominican Sue was one of if not the most dominant forces in college football we have seen in a long time. Yeah. Of course, they took him. And with him, it was like, what's his ceiling? He could be the best defensive tackle to ever have played the, in the NFL history. Who knows? And he kind of showed glimpses early on, but, you know, his behavior, his immaturity, um, you know, it, it really affected his trajectory. And then, of course, he became a veteran. He grew up, and now he's one of the more consistently dominant, you know, D-tackles in the NFL. And he's a Super Bowl champion, too. Now, having said that, do the Lions want to take a player that, you know, has high ceiling? Or do you want to take a guy that's going to come on Sundays and give you anywhere from 10 to 12 sacks year one? And if you don't want to take either of them, is there a team that's willing to trade up to the number one overall pick? A for Kayvon Thibodeau, B for Aiden Hutchinson, or C for a quarterback? And if there's somebody willing to make that trade out there, I think you trade back. And they, I mean the Jets or the Giants, because they have two top seven picks right now each. If you can trade back to five, to six, to four, and you walk away with Aiden, Kyle Hamilton, I I think you got something in a Hall of Draft picks. I like that a lot. I, I don't think it's realistic because the quarterback class isn't shaping up to be what it was last year. So I don't think the attention and the willingness to trade up is going to be there. But I think that's a conversation that you also need to have is, can we trade back? What can we get? And who's our backup option if we trade back? And Kyle Hamilton isn't a bad pick at three, at four, at five. Uh, maybe not at three. It's a bit of a reach. But still, I, I think there's good players uh, that are going to be available to the Detroit Lions. All right, Adam. Well, we talk a lot about, you know, Harbaugh not usually making it to those big games. He's finally done it. He's going to Indianapolis. What do you need to see from him this weekend? I need to see Harbaugh just be himself, coach up the team, uh, get them excited, ready to play football. Uh, I don't need to see anything special. His job's not on the line. He's proven that he can he can put together – a consistent football, a winning football team. 
and people can knock him all he wants. He's had now four 10-win seasons, his first 11-win season. Outside of the COVID year, his worst season was 9-3, and three, if I recall. Yep. So, look, he's a damn good football coach. You want to see him beat Iowa. It's not an end-all, be-all. It'll just make the summer very difficult. Having said that, go out there, coach, coach a good game. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be complacent. Beat Iowa, and the rest will take care of itself. All right, I like it, you guys. This weekend, U of M will be wearing uh, black O patches to honor Oxford. And remember, if you want to help Oxford and keeping these kids legacies alive if you can please go to www.change.org and sign the petition to change oxford football field as tate meyer stadium we know this won't bring anybody back but we can make sure that these victims are never forgotten just wanted to get in there before we go to break which means we now need to hear about guardian alarm yeah, we talk about a good defense, and Guardian Alarm, they fit that mold. Guardian Alarm, they get it. Uh, good defense on and off the field helps you feel secure. And, and like Michigan's defensive front, they're going to uh, help you feel secure, or offensive line, rather. They're going to help you feel secure. And it's, it's state-of-the-art technology that helps you feel safe, all with 24-7 local monitoring. Guardian Alarm has convenient features that let you check in on your home. You can even control lights or temperatures and detect smoke or carbon monoxide. Uh, it will even let you lock and unlock your doors. Call 800-STAY-OUT today. That's 800-STAY-OUT Look today. out! Stay out! You heard fish. You better stay out. And Guardian Alarm has been trusted for over 90 years at keeping families safe. Stay out! Tony is a third-generation logger that has a 